When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If, 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 if your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, blue this, this is the pod, is the for, pod you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. But um, like I said, we do have to get to our midseason grade for the forwards. So we've been doing midseason grades pretty much the last week or so, and, and we're nearing the end here. We've done the coach, we've done the front office, we did the guards, and today on this episode, we will talk about the forwards. So is a group that is, of course, led by Julius Randle, who has had a return to form this season. Randle leads the team in both scoring and rebounding. R.J. Barrett has bounced back from a cold start again to another season to pick up his play on both sides of the ball. And despite the play from R.J. and Randle, we have seen some injuries and uneven play kind of affect the rest of the forwards on this team. So Obi Toppin missed a month of time with the leg injury. Cam Reddish fell out of the rotation when Tibbs committed to only playing nine guys and changed up the rotation. So somewhat of a mixed bag when it comes to these forwards. So I'm curious what Tommy will say. So let's begin with our grades. We'll go first with Julius Randle. What grade are you giving Julius? Uh, give him a B plus. Um, you know, if he's really on the borderline, of, you could definitely give him an A or, or an A minus. I wouldn't argue with you. Um, just a little bit late game decision making. It kind of is wrapped into, you know, part of that could be blamed on the uh, minutes exhaustion issue. Um, but yeah, just, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 he's, uh, like some other Knicks, he allows double teams to get to him, make some bad passes. Um, he still has some some issues defensively, losing guys, and he's he's made up for it with effort plays, which you love to yes. see some blocks yeah. and, and some help defense stuff. Um, but some of that, some of those great blocks are the result of him losing guys back door and and, and things along those lines. Um, but yeah, just in terms of effort and intensity, uh, angle you know, focuses a little bit too much at the refs at times, um, which which seems to kind of hold them back. Um, but all things considered, um, he's uh, 15 rebounds in five straight games. That's the longest streak by. Nick uh, since Willis Reed in 1970. It's been a beast on the boards, um, playing with great effort offensively, uh, uh, defensively, yep. seeing the floor, um, getting you know valuable assists. He did a good job seeing Mitch in the first quarter. I'd like to see him do it more often throughout the game. Um, but yeah, just everything he brings to the table. Um, you, I, you can't ask for more, especially coming off the unprofessional issues that, that he was dealing with last season and his, and his play and production and attitude on the court. It's been a complete 180. Lots of credit to Julius Randle. He deserves it. Yeah. I mean, he had a heel turn last season and he's back to being a babyface now. If you're a wrestling fan, you know exactly what I mean. He was a villain last year, seemed committed to the bit for an entire season. No idea why, but that's just what it was. And this year, as we've heard Mike Green say, I don't know, 785 times this season, that he's smiling all the time. Oh, and I love Mike Breen. I, I, so shout out to Mike Breen. But we've heard that narrative all year. And for the most part, he's held up to that. Uh, he's He's been a much better teammate. He's been a much better leader. He has uh, played much better on both sides of the ball. So I'm going to give him an A-. minus. Like, I, I've been uh, one of Julius's hardest critics, but it's really hard to criticize anything he's done for the totality of the season. Of course, he has lapses because he's not a perfect player. But when you consider the, the efficiency going back up to those 2021 levels, 
when you consider the effort and the leadership we're seeing looking similar to what we saw in 2000 and, and, and 20, 2021 and him being able to keep the team afloat when those injuries happened, like the injuries, the Knicks had a really bad stretch where uh, you had those injuries and they did have a losing streak during that. But Julius Randle's um, the quality of his play and the effort of his play never wavered, even when the Knicks were struggling, which is a great sign because we see that that can affect his game a great deal. So Julius has been fantastic. So he gets an A minus from me. Let's go to R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett, what are you giving his grade this year? Uh, I'm right on the borderline of a, of a B minus C plus. Um, mm. Numbers are really solid. Uh, 20, 20 points, 5.5 rebounds, uh, around three assists. Turnovers a little bit higher than you like. He's averaging a career high 2.3 turnovers. Um, uh, and efficiency-wise, again, that's that's the bug of oh, that's the issue for for Barrett uh, uh, shooting thirty-two point six percent from downtown. Um, you know he he needs to be around that thirty-five percent mark. Um, to his credit, he's shooting a career high seventy-five point seventy-five uh, percent from the stripe um, and and forty-two percent from the floor. Um, the thing with with Randall, although the numbers on paper look good, I think he's taken a step back defensively this season. And also, oh, Barry, me, yeah, I'm Barrett. I'm sorry, yeah. Um, uh, he, he, the, he, you know, I think he's taking a step back defensively this season. I agree. And also the inconsistency, the number, even though the numbers are good, he'll go, he'll, he had, he'll have 32, then seven, then he'll, you know, shoot 10 for 11 from the free throw line, then one for set one for four. And, you know, and then, you know, and, and it'll go for two weeks and, you know, shoot 19% from the floor. So that type of stuff, <laughs> yeah. I think he, he needs to develop. Um, you know, he started off the season slow and credit, he, you know, he's built it back up. Um, I'm still high on Barrett, still a guy you want to build around. Um, but I think he just, you know, there, there's definitely room for improvement and hasn't taken that step that I think a lot of Nick fans were hoping he would this season. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I will, maybe I'm, I'm becoming the, uh, the, the good, good cop here, but I'm gonna give Barrett a higher grade. I, I'm gonna give him a B. I'm gonna give him a solid B. And I think that, you know, one of Barrett's, one of the bugaboos of his career has been like, we have these very intense swings where he can play really poorly and play really well. I feel like this year has been a little different because I feel like the length of time where he's played consistently well has been a lot longer. Like, I feel like this time it feels a lot more like his sophomore year where like after that rough stretch, he kind of played the same way for the rest of the season. Like pretty much after the first two months of the season, He's been a guy averaging 21 points, 22 points, shooting around 44, 45 something field. And if you told me that those are going to be his numbers for the entire season, before the season, I would have said, that's great. That's great growth. He's doing a great job. That's exactly what you want him to see. And RJ really is becoming the potential all-star we hope he can be. Because he had that terrible start to the year where he was sick and he jump shot was broken, the numbers now kind of vert to the mean of him kind of looking kind of like what he was essentially last season for the entirety of the season. We look at the numbers. They're very similar, but I think the way he's gotten there is a little different. I think the trajectory is going up. So, so I think because of that trajectory looking up, I think because you're seeing much more consistent play from RJ, the fact that he came back from that finger injury and has essentially been really solid since like, like that's really great to see. Like I was very concerned how he would look and uh, he came back at 27 in the first game. He had 32 in the game against Toronto in the loss. Uh, you know, now I do think there are games where it's frustrating to watch him play in games and have like these wild streaks, like this game on Monday, where he started like one for eight or one for nine, and you're like, Oh god, what's this gonna be? And then you know, he can't make it, he pretty much made every other shot he took the rest of the game, and you're like, They, they could have used this in the first half. So I like to see him in game play more consistently, but I think at least over the course of a season, we're starting to see a little bit more consistent margin. So I'm more positive, I'm gonna give him a B for this for this uh run so far. 
Um, let's get to Obi Toppin, a guy who's been injured for a part of this season and a guy who has struggled to get consistent minutes even when he's been healthy. What about Obi Toppin this season? What grade for him? Yeah, I'm going to give the same grade to Obi and Reddish, and that's that's incomplete. Um, I think it's mm. kind of I think it's kind of hard to give him a grade. Um, last six games, Obi's played uh, less than you know he's, he's averaging ten minutes less than ten minutes a game. He hasn't attempted more than five shots in a game. I'm just looking at his game chart here. He's only attempted more than five shots in a game once since Thanksgiving. Um, you know, it's just uh, again part of it has to do with Randall playing really well and, and earning minutes. And Tibbs having no fear and, and, and rolling Randall out there till his wheels fall off. Um, yeah. And then and then Tibbs not, uh, you know, not trying that four or five Randall Toppin combo um, that, that we talked about early in the season, despite Hardenstein struggles. I'd still like to see some more of that. Um, so does Obi need to shoot the ball better? Absolutely. Um, shooting a career low 40 percent from the floor. Um, he is making 35 percent of his threes, which he'll take. Um, he's also shooting over 84 percent from the line, which is solid. Um, but again, I, I can't really knock the guy. Um, it's hard to develop a rhythm when you play four minutes a half. Um, and that, and that's really all, all, all Obi has done. Um, it's not like he's not blown the doors off, uh, you know, and, you know, wowed anybody in those limited minutes of late, um, still needs to improve defensively, um, still kind of doesn't see the floor. Well, on that end of the floor gets, gets beat back door, um, closes out too quickly and, you know, and, and as defenders blow by him, um, he's just really not, despite his athleticism, he's not blessed with that quick lateral quickness, um, yeah. that kind of that fast switch. Um, you know, defensive hit movement that you, that you really see from the elite defenders. Um, but uh, again, part of it's that he has to he has to prove more in limited playing time. But you know, big picture, I can't really kill a guy um, when he hasn't been given an opportunity to prove himself. Interesting there. I, I'm incomplete. I, I, if I had to give Obi a grade, I would give him. I'm gonna give him a grade. I think he's played enough, even though he did have that injury. Like there's enough games in his logs. So okay, I can give him a grade. I, I will give him a C plus. I am probably one of the biggest OB stands that are out there. And I thought that this season he started the year really well. I mean, that, that those first that first month of the season, he's averaging 9.5 points. He's shooting 56% from the field, 50% from three. I mean, he, he started the year as the Knicks best three-point shooter, which was crazy because nobody else was shooting the ball well. And, you know, I got to be keep it real. Like, he was playing decent minutes up until that point because he was playing so well. And those minutes started to decrease as he started to struggle and Randall started to play better. And I, I can't really kill Tibbs for deciding that I need to ride Randall a little more because Obi's not really giving me much. And, you know, the next month he's shot only 39% from the field. And then, you know, January was short. It was only three games before he got hurt, but he was shooting 26% in that little stretch. He was struggling mightily. And he's come back, and it's you know it's been a very mixed bag because he, he's just getting back into his rhythm, and I, I think that he can get back to, uh, to the to the playing shape that he was earlier this season. But I think there's enough time to watch this and say he's not giving them enough, and you do start to wonder what his fit is on this team because it, it, Randall is not going anywhere um, right now, especially given how he's playing and how the team is playing, and it just feels like Ob is a player that he's going to go somewhere else, and he's going to really kind of find where kind of player he is. It just doesn't feel like this is going to work out here, which is entirely unfortunate because I really think that he could be um, the Knicks power forward of the future. But the problem is they, they may have that guy already starting. Fascinating to think what 
other GMs might value. You know, in other words, if they put a for sale sign around them, um, fascinating to see what kind of offers they'd get back. Chances are one of the other 29 teams in the league would be willing to roll the dice on Obi. Um, but again, it's not like the Knicks have, you know, have a great need. You know, it's not like they were going to trade him for another backup power forward, like the Randall's going to play 35 minutes a night. So, um, and they don't need any more draft picks. They don't, you know, so they have a kind of a, you know, if they could get like a great six man, um, you know, Caruso type player, maybe that's yeah. something that they consider. Yeah. Um, would be interesting. And real quickly, why the incomplete on Reddish? Just though, not enough, not enough time. Yeah, just the same. The guys haven't played in a month. I, I mean, if I give him a grade, I'd probably be C minus D. You know, in, mm. in, in that range at, at best. Um, you know, he played well for a stretch. Led the Knicks in minutes per you know minutes played per game over that weird you know West Coast road trip. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he I think he exceeded expect. You know, came out a little bit poorly, then exceeded expectations for a few weeks. Um, then went then went back to being basically inconsequential unplayable but i think it's somewhat unfair given you know in other words if he was on another team if he was on houston or san antonio or the thunder you know some team that was kind of detroit if the team that was in rebuild mode and he played 23 minutes a night um i think he'd give you a decent production um played a little bit better defensively than i thought he would this season um but again you know the same reason the knicks are moving looking to move him um same reason the hawks are looking to move him i my sense is he thinks he's probably a better player than he actually is um it's not to do the dirty work type stuff um yeah. you know but again you know it, it's tough to give a guy a really tough bad grade um when he hasn't seen the floor in, in, in six weeks yeah i mean if i was giving him a grade i'd give him a c plus like I, I think that uh when he's played he's tried i think he's been a pretty good soldier um he's had some huge games uh the utah game comes to, the, to mind uh the game in philly where i think he's maybe saved tom Thibodeau's job uh it was a weird game but he had some defense stocks in four four so he had some great moments this season and that blowout loss they had the OKC at 26 but I, it, he just he's not a high basketball IQ player and I think sometimes ironically the more minutes he plays it's it is a chance he could, it could go more disastrous like he can he can have big games he can have great games but I think with the, what I saw from him is there are just too many lapses at times there are too many times where He's not it's whether it's shot selection, whereas, you know, even though the effort on the defense is a lot better, he's not kind of paying attention to the right, you know, uh scouting report or not getting the right assignment. And at, at a certain point, those guys kill you over time. I think that's why he's never really been a player on a winning team. Uh, I think he's a player that someone should take a chance on and develop because he's got talent. But right now, I, I don't I, I don't know if he's really like a guy who changes much life for the Knicks right now. Like I don't think that uh, even though the Knicks definitely need a guy who can score on the wing and guard some people, for the time he be playing, I just don't know if it's worth it, given that he wants a bigger role, which we already know. So uh, I'll give the camera a C plus. I think that he, he's done some good things, but at the end of the day, it will not be a season that he ends in New York City, that's for sure.